Welcome into 10 Questions with NBC10 Boston. I'm joined today by another mayoral candidate here in the city of Boston, Michelle Wu, currently a city councilor in Boston. Thank you for joining us today. Great to be with you again. <laughs> I know, I think you might be the first person that has done a 10 questions twice. So you're already- <laughs> 20 questions. questions. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I wanna first ask you, what made you decide to run for mayor for the city of Boston? This is a moment that is incredibly consequential for our city and for generations to come. I'm a mom. I have two boys who are in the Boston Public Schools. I am a caregiver for my mom who's been living with mental health challenges. And in this moment of seeing how urgent our challenges are, that the pandemic has deepened and deepened, we're in a turning point for Boston. And we need to make sure that we are setting a foundation for our future that includes every voice in the conversation. And you mentioned being a mother, this pandemic has taken a toll on families, whether it's trying to work from home and also balance being a parent. How has the past year and a half been for you? <laughs> we were just chatting about this beforehand that for now, I don't hear any tantrum or uh, banging on the door. We're in the week between school and camp. And so it's a lot to juggle. And I think it really showed that in so many ways, we are putting the burden on families to have to figure out a complicated, under-resourced, um, very complex system. And when we invest in the care economy, when we make childcare accessible, when we make schools the hub of supports way beyond academics, when we find ways for families to have what they need, then we're actually investing in our larger economy. We're making it so that everyone can be their full selves at work, that everyone can contribute their fullest potential. And so this is a clear priority of mine. Um, the I live the struggle, I always say it's, it's not graceful, it's messy <laughs> being a working mom in politics um, and in general, but even though it's harder being an elected official while having young kids, it makes me a better representative because I see and live the urgency of our challenges every day. How do you think having that perspective will translate into you potentially being in the seat of mayor in Boston? You know, we've never had a mom uh, elected as mayor of our city before. We are an incredibly energetic, active, diverse, a city that's hungry to be part of paving the way for a future that includes everyone. And I think if there's anyone who knows how to multitask and think about the short term and the long term, it's moms. Um, so. <laughs> More than anything else, we need everyone to see themselves reflected and connected to our city government because this election is not about choosing a savior for Boston, right? There, I'm, I'm grateful, I'm humbled and honored to be part of this incredible and this historic mayoral field of candidates. And each of us are getting vetted in terms of our individual qualifications, our track record, our experiences. At the end of the day, we need to bring that sense of who we are as individuals and what we are hoping to do for the city of Boston into alignment with how we reshape our system so that everyone can be part of Boston's future. And I'm proud of how my team has been building and opening the doors and, and strengthening connections with community for a very long time. And we're running a grassroots campaign right now to ensure that we're building momentum, not just for election day, but to deliver these changes in office. And to that point of Boston being inclusive for everyone, 
there is this national perception of Boston not being diverse or not representing all of the people that live here. You actually had the opportunity of being the first Asian American person to be on the Boston City Council. So what do you think having someone of a diverse background brings to this seat when it comes to this, the perception of Boston overall? Yeah, and just I want to just make sure I'm I'm giving credit where credit is due. I'm the second Asian American, yes, first Asian first American woman. woman. Um, Sam Hewn served on the Boston City Council from 2005 to 2009, and we've seen that the barriers are still needing to fall to this day, right? In a city that is hundreds of years old and reflects such history of our country, the stories of who has shaped Boston sometimes haven't even been fully incorporated into how we tell our story and, and how we choose to represent the culture of our, of our communities. Uh, government plays a big role in that. And we know, you know, I, I'm now eight years into serving on the Boston City Council. When I was first elected that year in, in 2013, we doubled the number of women serving on the council literally went from one to two when I joined uh, then Councilor Ayanna Presley on, on the Boston City Council. And it had taken until she was elected in 2009 for the very first woman of color to serve in Boston's city government. Um, and so we've come, uh, uh, you know, there's still a long way to go. And in this period of time between when I first joined the council and now, we've seen what a difference it makes when our city government is more representative, is more connected, is moving at the speed and at the urgency of the, the scale of what our communities are, are in partnership about. Um, and we know that that reflection, that relationship between community members and government, that's the only way that we're going to be able to deliver the type of changes that we need to actually serve our families. And there's never one issue that most politicians would say are at the forefront of an election of a city overall. But for you, what do you think is something that is very urgent when someone steps into that office? Yeah, we are, you know, we're still coming out of a pandemic that has shown just how intersectional our issues are. And so I would say the most important part of, of where we need to head is to ensure that we are moving with the urgency and the scale of vision that our city deserves. Housing has been a stressor. It is the number one issue I hear community after community. How will we afford to stay in Boston? But housing can't be separated from how reliable transportation is or where you feel like you need to live to be able to access quality schools or where our food deserts are or how climate plays into all of this. And so. This is really about Boston rising to meet this moment. And that's an intersectional, interconnected approach to centering communities who have been most impacted. You mentioned transportation. I think that is one of the issues that is very important that people have been talking about. But it also highlights the fact that the Boston transportation system is a decades long in, in industry in itself when you really think about it. So for you or anyone to go into a role where they essentially have to uproot something that has been in place for years, how do you effectively do that? Yeah, well, first is to trust and believe in our power to bring about something different. I think in a lot of ways, what holds Boston back is the belief that this is all that we can get. And I've seen, particularly when it comes to transportation, just how much we can shift the conversation, even for issues that are not within the direct immediate control of city government. 
when we first started talking about how public transportation is a public good, it should be reliable, accessible, it should be free and available to everyone. There was a lot of pushback, right? How will we ever get to the point where we can be thinking about that with all the costs that, that are already in the system right now? And that is all accurate and fair to say that we have to be responsible about our planning and our budgeting. But when we aim for where we actually need to go, when the city of Boston steps up and says, even though we don't run the MBTA, even though the state government is involved with a lot of pieces of this, we have a very strong voice in speaking up and setting the pace for how our residents should be represented. And so even in speaking about it, we've seen huge changes come about that Boston's influence has led to fare free public transportation in other cities in Massachusetts. We've seen a different type of conversation where today in this mayoral election, all of the candidates support some form of making it more possible for people to, to be able to afford and pay for transportation because it's so essential. And whether it's reliability of the T, the hours that it runs, the schedules that it runs, or the big picture infrastructure projects, like what are we doing about I-90 and the interchange and how Boston shapes that conversation or connecting the red and blue line together, which would transform the lives of so many commuters or bringing high service, high frequency service to the Fairmount line to unlock this corridor where there's already a, a footprint there for rail. And we just need to make sure that communities of color are receiving the frequency of service that, that, that we all deserve. Those are the types of conversations that the mayor of Boston and the residents of Boston should be driving. How do you convince the people at large to be convinced that this is an important issue, especially transportation? We live it every day. And when I talk about transportation, sure, we'll get into some of the more technical details about, um, you know, how the how what the style of trains that that can fit more people or what it means to have an electrified service versus diesel service that, that we have, how outdated our system is right now. But what's most impactful is showing how much this matters to people's day-to-day -day lives. When I set foot in a T-station, I can already start to feel my body changing, right? I'm, I'm tensing up, looking at when the next train car is. Is it going to be late? Do I have all the kids with me? Are they running off in different directions? Are we going to be um, stuck because the, the car is too crowded? This has a direct impact on every part of our lives, how much time we get to spend in our fam with our family, whether we're docked pay because the train didn't come on time or can't even take that job because there's no way to get there affordably. Really helping to center and amplify the voices of, of our community members who are living these challenges every single day that's how we drive the urgency to deliver change in policies. And aside from work, you mentioned being a working mother. How do you decompress whenever you do get some alone time? I'm, you know, if I if I have time, I just like to be outside. I really enjoy spending some time, you know, whether it's Franklin Park and picking an entrance and just exploring. There's just getting lost in the trees and feeling so small compared to the world is something that's really soothing and healing for me. Um, there's lots of places around Boston, urban wilds that you can do that. Um, and if I don't have time, we always keep ice cream in the freezer. I'm a big, big ice cream girl. Ice cream is a huge mental health, I think, supplement. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Overall, what do you love most about the city of Boston? I love that people are so proud and connected to their communities here, right? There's, we're a, we're a small, big city. We're a city where there are generations of history dating, you know, in individual streets in, in Boston where people are connected to their family's legacy here. We're also a city where our history reflects such impact, where we have been the place over hundreds of years that has always stood up to fight the important fights, to lead the way in investing in our common good and how our futures are intertwined. And if there was ever a moment where we need that kind of spirit again, leading the way for our city and, and beyond, it's right now where our actions in, these, in this window that we have now will truly shape generations to come. And so Boston needs to lean back into believing what's possible when we come together and believing that we can be the city that we dream of if we choose to take these crises head on and if we choose to bring everyone into the conversation. And quick follow-up, because you did mention ice cream. What is your go-to flavor? <laughs> oh, well, I, I live in Roslindale. Um, we, it's just it's less than a 10-minute trip to get to Ron's Ice Cream in Hyde Park. Best in the city, I would say. Ooh, um, and so, <laughs> so my go-to flavor there is the caramel fudge brownie. Ooh, that sounds delicious. Well, I definitely have to get out there and try it. <laughs> Michelle Wu, thank you so much for joining. Now 20 questions, as you said, with NBC10 in Boston. I wish you the best with your campaign and the election in November. Thank you. Thank you so much.